everyone. Welcome to the OFT Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me tonight, uh, the boys are back. Brendan McAlinden, Jude Seymour. You guys, you guys still there? Yeah. Are, are you there? Are you there? I'm here. I'm celebrating Ian Book's uh, 26th birthday. I take offense to that. I have not worn sweatpants this entire quarantine era. I've been in pajama pants the entire time. But the real MVP tonight <laughs> is Jude, who is pulling his best uh, Hugh Freeze impression as he um, <laughs> does this podcast laid up in his medical bed. Uh, Jude, I, cutting through I, I it like iron lung for this one. I, I do not have COVID-19, but I, I am working on a uh, SI joint inflammation. Look it up, kids. It's uh, not something uh, you think of would afflict a forty-year-old, but uh, it is, I feel it's 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 much better sounding than uh, having a sciatica pain. Oh, I haven't seen. If, a, you were li- if you were listeners to the OFT bookcast, yeah. if you're listeners to the OFT bookcast, you would know this is Newt Rockney like uh, because Rockney once uh, laid in the back of a hearse uh, while shouting at his players through a megaphone. Yeah. Um, it's it's as gutty as a performance as Jimmy Clausen was on that absolutely electric <laughs> 2009 <laughs> Michigan State uh, simulcast that we had on YouTube. Yeah, kids. So we kind of had a we kind of had a fun weekend. Uh, and <laughs> I I really don't know how much backstory I, I want to provide about how and where we got there, but eventually we got to uh, uh, we got to do the 2009 uh, Notre Dame Michigan State game. And it was, I got to tell you, it was about 10 times better what Notre Dame put on with their 2015 Texas game. I, I Maybe I'm biased, but to me, it was a lot more fun. And none of us were robots, right? <laughs> Shit. I was, I was all, all there, all present. So uh, much For both the, of them, uh, you were the star of the 2015 Texas game as well, Jude. Yeah, that one I that one I prepared for a little bit more than actually our own game because I wasn't 100 percent sure our, our own game was going to get pulled off. But I really appreciate all the people that came out and joined us for the afternoon game. Um, I think there was a question at one point about why we were watching that game. And I think uh, we've talked about this on, on this podcast before, but it, I think that 2009 game reminds you uh, how weird it got on the offense um, when Jimmy got hurt. Because yeah. we were already doing the Armando Allen, what do they call it, Leprechaun? Uh, Leprechaun. They didn't yeah. call it Leprechaun. They didn't call they it did. Leprechaun though until the next year. Oh, no, okay. I think they called it I, I, because I went through and I looked for it, and I believe I caught an Eric Hansen article from 2009 in which they referred to it as the Leprechaun. Okay, okay. I Hansen then, is a dogma. I think it gets actually weirder the next week in Purdue because Jimmy's clearly hurt and they're tr- clearly trying to, uh, you know, to, to prevent him from taking as many snaps as they, they need him to take. So then they get Golden Tate involved yeah. in the Leprechaun. And so he's running it. Armando Allen's running it. And Jimmy Clausen's also running just normal plays. So it's not yeah, like they could have scored 100 points if Floyd didn't get hurt. That game is just awful. The offense is so bad. The offense was so bipolar just in nature anyways. I mean, we're talking like at, there'd be five wide at points. Then you'd also have formations with fullbacks. Then you had to, when you went to Leprechaun, fucking Clawson with his bad foot is going out to wide out. Uh, yeah. Wide open, mind you, uh, for, for a touchdown uh, that Armando Allen 
uh, jump decided to pass jump touchdown pass <laughs> somewhere else, uh, not to uh, Jimmy Clausen. God, that um, was a great game. I was it, surprised how many snaps under center uh, Clausen took after he hurt himself. Like you're literally yeah, making yeah, problems guy with that first battle. one. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it's a it's a great game, and it's a reason why like we go back and, and if you were wondering why, number one, we we wanted to show like Jimmy Clausen was a tough son of a bitch. I mean, he if, if you didn't know that before that game, after the beat he took his freshman year, uh, this should have sealed it because he was just dragging himself all over the field trying to get Notre Dame that win, and number two, it was just it was just full of some fun plays and some some good stuff. I mean, not, not just on the field, but as infuriating as Tom Hammond was in real time, <laughs> you know, a decade later, it's pure comedy gold. Uh, like the fact that he didn't acknowledge that Torian Smith was running uh, with a fumble for five, six yards. Uh, and he kept saying, I mean, there, yeah, there was Tom, all sorts Tom of things Hammond on that had- game. Tom Hammond had a tough game. He got a, he, there was a couple of things that he uh, definitely did not do very well. I think everybody remembers Tate jumping into the band as, as kind of the moment up from that game or whatever. But that Michael Floyd catch where he breaks his collarbone, it's like, it's weird. First of all, I don't know what they see in that replay that makes them think it's not a catch. I mean, it's Charlie says later that he talked to the official else. and oh, he said he didn't no. complete the catch. But, I mean, the ball only pops out after he's fallen on the ground. And the guy's basically and ripping his collarbone. Yeah, he's gone through the whole complete catch thing. I don't, I, don't, I literally don't know what. So, and they can't even give a guy who broke his collarbone, uh, you know, the credit for the touchdown before he leaves. So, just kind of insane. And then you got the onside kick that that goes ten yards and then like squirts backwards. I've never, I don't know that I've seen an onside kick the, do that kind of mojo that 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 kick had it was very weird the most ridiculous thing about that game and there's two things and they go hand in hand was number one is how many times they called kyle mccarthy mr dependable (laughs) (laughs) like and but they tied it in with also blair white white wide receiver white safety they are now mr anytime from this point on every white wide receiver and, and white safety that notre dame has I'm just going to call him Mr. Dependable. That's it. Yep. Uh, but also, fucking Golden Tate getting that catch and diving into the band, he ended up having like 100. He had kind of a rough game. He had a couple drops. Um, it, it wasn't his greatest game in term. He had great stats, but but they could have been a lot better or maybe not needed. But that won the game. That, that's a game-winning, amazing catch. Who do they give the fucking player the game to? Mr. McCarthy, <laughs> like I forgot all about. It. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. They he just two, he had two monster. Tate had two monster touchdowns in that game because the one before did. that was even more ridiculous it, with the the catch and run and just uh, he had to catch it sort of uh, against like the defender. Rewarded, he rewarded McCarthy for coming up from something that Cousins just threw up for for grabs against a defense that was no good as it was anyways. Yeah, he rewarded him. With Golden Tate's carrying, they had to carry that team basically with Clawson hurt and Floyd out. I mean, that, and the the, the call kept for the tape. And it's Armando Allen acting like he was running through all these tackles. And you would, every time they said it, I swear to God, it was a jinx because you'd see like a pinky hit Allen's shin and he's like falling down flat on his face. 
Um, Hammond's call of the Tate touchdown too is very like they don't mention he he jumped into the band. They don't like the oh, the replay okay. barely shows it as they're like fading out into commercial or whatever. Like they made such a non deal of that of that touchdown that became sort of iconic. And uh, and you mentioned it during the the uh, cast. The other thing I met the notice was uh, Darren Walls, the CEO of almost picking things off. I mean oh, he yeah. had he had what two almost picks in this game, right? So yeah, they both could have been pick sixes. Yeah, but but that was his that was Walls's career. Like I don't know how many times I remember him stepping into one and like oh because the kids got burner speed, catch the damn ball. So, yeah. Uh, oh man, he could have been a lot better defensive back had he had just had just a smidgen better hands on him. Oh, and and how about Armando Allen throwing a touchdown pass to uh, who was it? Was it Matt Shelton? Or was it no? It was Shelton. It was Robbie Paris. Yeah, it was Rob- Robbie Paris. I'm Mr. Sorry, I get, uh, I, Mr. I get Dependable. Mr. Uh, white receivers mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, it was Robbie yeah. Paris. Oh, Robbie Paris is the uh, is Mr. Where the hell did this guy go? Because uh, you know it's like you don't hear it. Even though you know some Notre Dame players, they don't you know if they don't make it to the NFL or whatnot, there's still a name around campus or around the fans coming out of the fans' mouth. No one ever mentions Robbie Paris, and the kid had a. He was a starter. He was a major player in one of the best offenses Notre Dame's had in 2009. In fact, hell, he had like what, like nine catches for 90 yards or whatever against USC. Oh yeah, I mean he 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 balled out against USC. If they would have, his name would have been remembered. <laughs> if they would have been able to convert on that fourth down. But no one brings up poor Robbie Paris uh, from from uh, Cleveland St. Ignatius, by the way. Of course, you knew that. Yeah, it was Just fun. It was it was fun. I think people who joined us, the you know, I think we uh, I think at the high we had maybe sixty seven people watching simultaneously. So you know, look, it it was a, it was our kind of crowd, and I think everybody who is star Tyler for James stopped in with some trivia. Yeah, that was that was super helpful. Look, that was super sh- nice. Shout out, great. shout out to Tyler for uh, for stopping by, hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, yeah. That was nice. We, we, it was, we a, it was a fun time. time. I mean, I Can we get you to commit to another one? We will do another. We will do another one. But I. But it's going to be like. Um, uh, it's going to be kind of rogue. The next one will 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 do the premiere style. Jude and I will talk about this. But, uh, but I'm not going to tell you what game it's going to be. You just how about, how about we do like they do the Shamrock series reveals where they they, yeah, they just show a page a <laughs> swatch a swatch yeah like a swatch yeah we'll do the swatch I think we could do that. I think that, that's like right up our alley. Unrelated images to 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 kind of I, I like to do the sort of four unrelated I mean, images thing. The the truth of the matter is, if we do an away game, we probably won't run afoul of of Notre Dame Athletics' recent um, attempt to you know basically put copyright claims on a bunch of uh, of videos. So ninety five um, army confirmed. <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> so, and and yeah, I like that you look. The the quality of the the video that I had wasn't wasn't top notch, but nobody complained. Everybody was just like, "Look, it's 2009. I'm 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 lucky I can see Mark D'Antonio like you know Scowling. the big yeah, outline no, of him. No commercials. It was good. It, yeah. was, it was good. It was a good time. But yeah, there was Notre Dame's doing this uh, <clears throat> this whole the vault thing, and uh, I mean from from whatever thing that I've been told is that you know Notre Dame owns Notre Dame is the only school in the country that owns the rights to their own home broadcast because of the NBC deal. They were able to, that's part of the contract. They, no other school has that kind of deal. 
So they're able to themselves put their games on YouTube like that. So which I, I want to say no, is great if they're going if that's the, if that's where they're get, going. Let me get there. And again, let me get there. Let, okay. let me get there. Let me get there. So the plan, for what I am told, is that they have games going back to '91. They want to put these on there now. I, it was also kind of half mentioned that some of these might be on a temporary basis, uh, trying to make people's lives a little nicer and easier during the this whole coronavirus thing, which I hope everybody's practicing social distancing and uh, washing your hands and and staying safe and sane. But uh, so some of it may be a temporary basis. I don't know that. But the but they have they got these things back to ninety one. Greg's been screaming it, friend of the pod, Greg twenty one twenty six on Twitter. Screaming, release the tapes. They got them. I think the, the plan is to put more of these on YouTube. They own them. They're going to put them out there. But part of that plan, too, is to go, to go through YouTube and start ripping out uh, content that's already on there, quote unquote, illegally. Uh, and it just so happened that the game that we <laughs> were promoting all week is pretty much the only game that's been <laughs> that's been took off of YouTube so far. Maybe more, uh, but that was that was the hardcore one. Uh, Jude got slapped with a uh, copyright <laughs> copyright removal right which, after. Which I just want to say it, it's their it's their morning. It was just a little a little, you know. So okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, we think we lost you there for a minute, Jude. Why don't you? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Again, uh, I, I just, I, I was, I was, gonna, I just said, I think it's totally normal that they put in a copyright claim. It's their game. I, I, I expected it. I, I didn't get any kind of strike against it, my account. If I, if I did, I, I would have deserved it. But, um, and I'm okay with all of that. I just, I just felt it was weird that, you know, the games that they they targeted on that on that Saturday to come down. There was only one game that came down, and. And again, I know this because I, I keep track of all this. Um, so I, I just it was weird that our game was the game that we were promoting was the only game that got a copyright claim against it on Saturday. Now, subsequently, they've taken down a couple of games from 2018, which they should have because they put up 2018 games. They've also taken down some 2019 games. So well, sure, probably prime. And that's probably the next season. Not, not that anything that hasn't been told to me, but I would imagine the next the next drop is probably 2019. Oh, shit. I was hoping we would probably do uh, Ball State 2019 or maybe Vanderbilt 2019, but now or 2018, so that's off the table, right? Those uh, The 18 Vandy and 18 Ball State? I mean, we certainly could watch the Notre Dame version of those games. I just can't. We can't do premiere with it, so. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of like the... Uh, the kind of like the prohibitions. Prohibition era, kind of speakeasy style. We got going on here. We're gonna have like a, some passwords in order to get into the game. You gotta, you gotta know the password to get into the speakeasy. <laughs> the dog bark knock, at midnight. Knock, knock two times and ask for a cup of whiskey. So, <laughs> it's just funny because I, again, I've I've been tracking, I've been compiling a spreadsheet, and I, if you follow me on on Twitter, NDJRS, I've been compiling a spreadsheet of Notre Dame games available on YouTube for more than three years now, and I I freely shared this this list uh, many times with people and I, people have, have seen it as a tremendous resource so i know what games are available and what games when games go down and stuff and we've lost games before but just never on copyright claims by notre dame athletics or the university of notre dame and that's what we start 
we suddenly started seeing um, starting last month, and now it's it's kind of intensifying, which I, I think is bringing which is great good news. We get like two thousand Air Force. Get, yeah, exactly. You know, like if if we if know. we get a bunch of NBC home games, that's great. Um, but if they're gonna like take down games that you know that. Uh, we could otherwise watch during this social distancing, uh, you know, mandatory quarantine or whatever, and then not replace them with anything, then I feel like that's a, that's a huge lost opportunity. So. Yeah, it's no fun. Uh, but you guys know what is fun? Reviews. Uh, so uh, <laughs> as you as everyone knows, or you should know by now, if you leave us a review on uh, over on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to read it. And uh, so I got a review for us tonight, fellas. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Uh, I'm biting at the chomp. <clears throat> All right. Well, it is five stars. Thank so. you. Thank you. Uh, who do we have to thank for this five-star review? This is from Bourbon Boy 78 I oh, like boy. the name. That's a, I'm drinking bourbon right now, and I was born in 1978. So uh, this is fantastic. So <clears throat> here we go. Don't social distance this pod. I've had a lot of time the last two weeks to catch up on my podcasts and your off season content has been straight fire. All of my other college football podcasts are seemingly struggling for content and you guys have not missed a beat. If Ua reads everything I write, then I want him want to hear him say the following sentence. Uh Oh, tombstone pizza is the best frozen pizza. Keep up the creative content to help us get through this mess and go Irish. That is a fucking lie. That is wow, a what a troll job that was. Great. Oh, that was the great. Terrible, been lie. terrible lie. Hometown or home run in pizza for life. I although I do guys, I gotta tell you, I ate this I ate this pie last night. It was uh, a private selection Kroger offering this five cheese and marmalade. I could eat fucking twenty of them. They were amazing. So gotta give I gotta give a little props out to that. But uh, I'm not turning into bar stool over here or anything like that. But <laughs> I will say, uh, hey, well, thank you very much, Ruben Boy seventy eight, for that uh, review and an excellent uh, excellent usage of forcing me to say things that I would not want to say. Uh, that's that's job well done there, sir. Uh, well so, done. so again, hey, give us a rating review. Uh, there's lots of y'all reading or listening to this podcast uh we we hope we're we hope we're there for you i we this is a strange time no one's gonna deny that uh things are cats and dogs are living together it's the whole whole wide mess hopefully we're some kind of uh strange outlet for you um you know to kind of take an hour i guess in our case sometimes two fucking hours <laughs> to, to kind of unwind a little bit and laugh and uh and and enjoy yourself as a fan. So thanks again for the review. Leave me that you guys. And, uh, like I said, I'll read it. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was tough. That was tough. Speaking of tough and unfortunate. Um, but then also very good too. Uh, recruiting has been a little weird, right? It's been, yeah. They don't even got a signing. Um, they were able to pick up a four, four star defensive end out of the state of Texas. It's actually that's a weird ranking too. He is a three star, I think, everywhere. Except for ESPN. But 
No, the composite puts him as a four star, even though he's three star everywhere else, right? I think no. ESPN has him as a four, and then twenty four seven and Rivals yes. have him yes. as a three. Yeah, yeah. ESPN. <laughs> ESPN's like what strangely, strangely better for some of our recruits. It, it's a weird dynamic, but it's a but lot yeah. like Chris Tyree when he was four star everywhere, but five star composite. <laughs> but if you take a look at his offer list, uh, it's. Did you yeah, when, Bam, when Bam and LSU are coming after him and like really coming after him, that that means a lot. So he, I, Josh, we haven't said his name yet. David. Oh, David Ab- Abiara. Yeah, Abiara. Yes. Abiara. What? He uh, he checks all the boxes as far as the buzzwords, right? He's he's got a, a tall frame. He's lengthy. Uh, he's quick. Which are all of the the buzzwords that Notre Dame has used for I mean, all people, of their recruits. people like people like hearing that you're from Texas. They he's like hearing Texas. he's from Texas. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you put all, you put you put all the same info for him, but put him in like in Rhode Island or <laughs> or Colorado or some shit, and it's not as juicy as the kids from Texas. Six four, two hundred and forty pound kid, defensive end from Texas. I mean, you get him in the Bayless, right? They this is what they do. They they're looking for tall, long, right? All the buzzwords that you see with these kids is they're length. Look, Mike, long. Mike Elston's on a freaking roll. And, and yeah, you get him with Elston and Bayless, and see what happens. This is how Notre Dame has combated years of whiffing on big time, like like the five star top fifty, top seventy five defensive ends. Notre Dame has managed to do pretty well because of the program they have in place with Elston and what he's been doing. They're going after the raw talent and having Mike Elston, who is a fantastic defensive line coach, help develop, help develop these guys. Now, look, Khalid Kareem is not like a project guy, right? That's that's not part of the the thing. This is a guy who was who decommitted from Alabama, uh, was a four star top uh, one hundred and fifty or top two hundred kid yeah. uh, from Michigan, but. Uh, Ogundeji, Here's the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is a guy. Uh, I mean, this, McQuarrie was doing, a low four, high three. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and scrawny as shit. I mean, we're talking the development that's gone on on the defensive line and what he's doing. Uh, this is, uh, you know, not solely on Elston because the kids got to play, uh, and the kids are talented, but just the program they have in place to make defensive line, which was once like one of the worst position groups on Notre Dame's uh, roster for so many years, at least a very uneat, like uh, not deep, uh, you know, they would have some great players and like Justin Tuck and stuff like that, but it just was never a deep position group where yeah. now we are doing just fine. I mean, last year you got two, two of your starting defensive ends go down and it's okay. Cause the guy that you were going to red shirt <laughs> as a senior, you can go ahead and use him. It's a great they program great that they have set up yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Jameer Jones. Yeah. So this is another guy that line, you know, which is funny. I I, I was going to do some comparisons between him and uh, Nana Safamensa. And if you guys don't know who that is, that's just a, awesome another extremely talented four-star kid from Texas uh, who no one heard a peep from last year. Uh, but imagine you'll start hearing – you will start hearing more about him later in his career. Uh, but, you know, how much similarities there are there. Uh, it's like we're talking big about this kid, but we may not – he may not be in the big mentions for a couple more years, you know, with Isaiah Foskey, who knows? Uh, but it's a, it's a good, great. It's a really good get. They were expecting this a couple months ago. Um, fortunately they, they were able to secure that commitment. Uh, now, I mean, they really needed some good news now because Notre Dame struggling on the recruiting trail because it, uh, my third, 
there is no recruiting trail right now. Yeah. It, it is with, with the way things are shut down with, with the COVID-19 and, and all that, like these home, it's the kids that are around your spot, your little area that you're probably able to be a little more connected with. They, I just, no one knows what's going on because we've never had to go through anything like this before. So I think like mapping out and predicting things is a lot more difficult because, okay, explain how this is the same as whatever year you want to say, because it's not, no, it's totally different. Never seen anything like this. So I think a lot of things that we, that you see or you hear, they may think, may, they may have you thinking one thing, but maybe it doesn't mean that at all. Uh, and for good or for bad. I mean, it's hard to say, uh, because we've never been through a situation like this. Uh, so it's, well, and to sort of dovetail off your point, I think sometimes you can look at the same piece of information and ha- and have two knowledgeable people come up with two different interpretations. Either they're struggling or they're just fine, uh, which I thought was right. interesting. Um, right. You know, because I think there's been some people who've been trying to say, you know, what how's Notre Dame like? How's this helped or hurt Notre Dame? And I think you know, the, a lot of people have said, oh, it's hurt them or whatever. But there's some people that are like, no, this is great because of X, Y, and Z or whatever. Well, you can't deny the fact that they had a huge recruiting weekend set up in, in March that had to get abruptly canceled. And, you know, guys like Will Shipley were going to come in. It was a five-star. Might and, commit. and they were going to make a big weekend out of it. It's like, so that clearly hurts. I think everybody would agree that Marcus hurts. Fiddler. But, I mean, there's yeah. there's big names that, were, that people were expecting I mean, maybe they weren't expecting Spindler to commit, but there was a few that really were, though. I mean, that's not like at least to, to turn the to get that turned to that level. Um, and now it's so much more on a wait and see game, uh, yeah, which I mean, isn't is, good in recruiting. And a lot of times that you hear people say, you know, oh, I fell in love with the school when I visited it. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, I don't follow any recruiting outside of uh, Notre Dame. So I, I don't know if this is a, just pretty common that happens everywhere. You know, you go to Michigan and fall in love no. with Michigan. I don't, I don't know if that that's a thing that actually exists. But um, but, you know, you hear guys talk about, you know, the mixture of academics, but they also talk about their first impressions when they got on campus. It felt like home. Right. Well, you can't duplicate that experience just by getting Coach Kelly on the phone and doing a FaceTime for you know a minute and saying, hey, we'd really love to have you here at Notre Dame. Like, you can't even tell that kid when he can come back to campus because you haven't told your, your regular kids when they can come back to campus. You got Kelly right. on the phone? <laughs> in, this hypothetical, in this hypothetical, I did get Kelly on the phone. Oh. I don't know that for sure that's happening. So Hopefully Lorenzo Stiles gets Kelly on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was yeah, a big the, the Lorenzo Stiles Look, thing that, is interesting. Because it started off as like a VIP article on Irish Illustrated that Tom Loy had, but then he turned it into no. a free article. So I read it today, and it was just like Lorenzo Style saying a bunch of like, well, as far as today, I'm you know committed to Notre Dame, and they're my number one. No, so no, no, no. Like, you got to you got to back it up. Okay. First I'm of sorry. all, this, first of all, this all stems from douchebag supreme EJ Holland, uh, who <laughs> writes for Rivals. He's a fucking douchebag. I don't know how else I can say it. He can call me out whatever he wants. He's a fucking douche. No, he is a douche. Uh, but he used to be on the Notre yes. Dame beat. He was on BGI. He was on Blue Gold Illustrated. And he was Listen, he was down in Texas before that. People don't like him down there. He's a douchebag. It's okay. The world needs douchebags, too. Do you remember uh, what he said Michigan. when he took to Michigan? He's covered Michigan, so there you go. Do you remember uh, so, what he did when he had when he took the to the Michigan gig because he was he was he was rivals, uh, he was MD rivals and then or uh, no blue blue gold illustrated, and he said that the Notre Dame beat wasn't exciting enough for him because Notre Dame pretty much had wrapped up their entire 2020 well, class. No, he, it wasn't exciting a, enough. He's just such a 
so he took all he he bounced on them. He took the Michigan gig and then made a big deal about it and started talking all kinds of shit about the Notre Dame beat about a program that really recruits. I'm glad to be associated with a program that really recruits. And it's just like, all right, all right, that's all fine. right. What he what he wanted was to be like hardcore. Like he was he was constantly like puffing his chest and uh, you know and banging his chest about. I don't hell. I don't know. It was a huge brag game that no one gave a shit about. Like, well, he nobody. wants to. He wants to interject him. He wants to be part of. Right. The he wants story. that. He wants that drama. Kind of like I'm in it, bro. I'm in it. I'm in and it. That's what he bro. got. He probably so uses he wrote, bro. Like he wrote an article that basically said which one of the top 100 Notre Dame commits could flip to Michigan, right? And he was openly yeah, right, speculating. Exactly. Right? right. It was 100 speculation, all based off of the fact that Lorenzo Styles. Talk to Jim Harbaugh on fucking FaceTime. Listen, y'all, if, if you don't understand how recruiting works, I'm going to break it down for you right now in the simplest of terms. Coaches contact recruits all the fucking time, committed or not committed, in whatever way. Some guys ignore. Some guys will talk. There is no, like, there's no formula about who who takes a phone call or talks to another coach and who commits and decommits it. There's no formula to it. Cause it's so wide. Uh, and so, and so stop and in Styles's case, and this has to be said there, his recruitment is a little different than others because of who his dad is. He, his dad was a big time player for, for Ohio state. And I, I got I don't know how to explain it, but if, if you've been a part of that Ohio state, Michigan rivalry for, for four or five years, and the head coach of Michigan is calling to talk to your son about recruiting. He wants his son to take that call. I don't give a shit about the Ohio state Michigan hate. That's, that's not, that actually makes it more likely that he wants him to take that call because he understands the importance of these big blue blood programs. We can all, we can hate on Michigan all we want, but the fact that, that they're a, a program that is talked about and considered a blue blood, even though they probably shouldn't be because of whatever, but they're considered that way nationally. So this recruitment here is, is they're looking at it like in a kind of in a professional sense where they're going to talk to other people. They're going to hear what everyone has to say. And I know people didn't like what he said in, in Tom's article about he said a lot of as of right now and all that. That's all like trained, like athlete speak, like yeah. like you're committed to Notre Dame and that's fine. And he and he, and he is. But he's, but in a sense, you're also trained to like be non-committal in your answers, which is also fine. I, I, I got and I got to tell you, I just, okay, maybe this is the old man yelling at the cloud thing. But I'm just, I'm kind of over people using the word commitment in a way that doesn't well, actually meet the word commitment. Like if, if you don't want to be committed, that, you're going to need to change the industry then. You're going to need to change the industry then because these kids are going to talk around, and I mean they're going to talk to people that call. That's just. No one's going to turn down. I, I don't blame I don't him for, turn down Lincoln talking, I guess I blame him for committing if he's, if he's actually not committed. That's the yeah. thing is I, I walked away from that That's article not, thinking, okay, this kid hasn't made up his mind yet, which is fine. But and the, fi- and the final bit of news about all this style thing is Ohio. There's Ohio state mods in Ohio, in Ohio who have direct ties to styles. And in that area, they, this is much ado about nothing as far as they're concerned. They're, so. they're, they're damn certain that Styles is fully committed to Notre Dame, and that, and not only that, but they fucking wished they would have been, they would have jumped on Styles a little earlier back in October. 
Okay, so take- answer me this. If, if that's true, and we'll take that at face value, then why why doesn't Styles help himself and just say, I'm 100% committed to, to Notre Dame. I'm like, I'm, helping, I'm locked in. It's helping himself. Think about it this way. When he committed, Chip Long, Chip Long was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So it only helps him himself as an individual to make sure his options are open. If something other crazy, something else happens between this time now and signing day, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with him making sure that the biggest decision of his life isn't just, he's just not, you know, throwing up. Some guys can do that and that's fine. What if the, what if the head coach in Ann Arbor wants to to hold a spot for him? Well, what if the head coach in Ann Arbor decides that he wants to ignore all social distancing and policy by DeWine and Whitmer and make the trip down to uh, South of Columbus and have a sleepover like he did with Quinn Nordine, the top rated (laughs) kicker. Uh, what if he wanted to climb trees like uh, like Harbaugh did with um, David Long when he went to get David Long's commitment? What if what if Harbaugh decided that he wanted to hire his high school head coach as recruiting director like Jim Harbaugh did in 2016 in order to – the Paramus uh, head coach, uh, Chris Partridge, in order to ensure that Rashawn Gary came to town? Gary. Yeah. When when I Jim mean, Harbaugh is involved in these recruiting things, what if remember the McGregor thing uh, last or the yeah the McGregor thing right. last year with the the silent commit to Michigan and then just dunked all over Notre Dame? I'm, when, when I'm not dismissing involved, any of that I stuff. Get, I get a little bit nervous because he is a snake oil salesman and he self I mean, supplies. Jim keeps track. keeps track of this shit too. It's not like when Harbaugh steps in, Notre Dame's screwed. There's a, I don't know what the, I don't know what the battle rate is. Jude it's kept like, track of that for, for a while. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's like a half and half. It's a healthy, it's a, it's a healthy it's a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Notre Dame, it is what Michigan gets a lot of Notre Dame sloppy seconds. Like at Mary, just, just because just, just 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 talking to fuck Jim Harbaugh does not make me shake in my boots. I think I just, last year. I guess the way I'm, the way I'm looking at it is that if you don't think recruits, whether it's being reported or not, are talking to other coaches, when they call, even ones that are 100% committed, you're fucking crazy because right. they do all the time. They, it's, not like it's just it just depends on. Yeah, it's just that reporters aren't running to to go put a EJ Holland is a guy that's going to run to the fucking Internet and say, oh, because that's who he is. Thing. Yeah, right. So this happens all over the country with all sorts of recruits. It's it. A lot of them don't budge, but they're going to take the phone call. They're going to they're going to take the 10, 15 minutes, and especially right now when there ain't shit all going on. They don't got basketball or track practice to be at. So, I mean, that's kind of what Kelly alluded to when he's like, there's a lot of a lot of kids are getting a lot of calls. Yeah, this is I just not, hope Kelly's one of the ones earth. making the calls is all I, I yeah. think Jude, you yeah. can agree with that. Is, well, well, that's the thing is. He, Styles said he heard from Dell Alexander and Tom Reese. He didn't. He never said anything about hearing from Brian Kelly. So, uh, I just I, I'm just not going to make a big ta-da about it. I'm not going to. It is what it is. It's recruiting, anyways. I would. I would well, look, sell it. Even if he I would sell it. Even if he commits and, fl- and flips to Michigan, then like it is what it is. But at the same time, like I just, I, I maybe this is again, maybe this is a get off my lawn type moment. But I just, I don't understand this. If you say you're 100 percent committed, then you don't need to look anywhere else. Like, you, like it's no like it's like getting married. 
no kid, unless they're a three-star, two-star that's committed to the childhood school of their dreams, is 100% committed. I just, I just don't, I just don't feel anybody is unless that's just like they came up with a, a with a golden dome up their butt, and that, and just by the grace of God, they were just good enough to get a scholarship offer. They jump on it and they're going. There's nothing that's going to change. Gabriel Tom Bruce had you and, and they and they Tom won't talk to anybody else. Asked, but have told you other, about- other guys could be nearly as committed, but they're still like they're going to talk to these guys. A lot of these guys have been in their lives since they were freshmen and sophomores in high school anyways. And you start reaching their senior year. This is something that it's nobody. It's not a stranger to you. It's not like, like I never heard from James Franklin before in my life. And next thing you know, he's sending me fucking, uh, you know, Tinder uh, shit. I mean, I, <laughs> it's, this is just, this is the world of recruiting that we're in. And I'm not going to, and I, I don't discount. I'm not going to bash a kid and say that he's not, 100% committed just because he's talking to other people. I, I don't look like that. That's like, I mean, that's like not let my, not let my wife happy. leave the fucking house. Let, let my wife leave the house. Cause I know she's going to talk to a, a rich doctor at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, she should, if she was committed to me as a wife, she wouldn't be talking to that doctor. What the well, fuck? Second. Get EJ Holland on the line. Is she talking to the doctor? Is she and the talking doctor to the doctor? To take her out? I don't give a shit what she's doing. If she's not banging him, what the hell do I care? <laughs> It's time for me okay. to Google what's going on in Hicksville at this doctor's I was office. Say, wow. I, that, I guess, but that's me on a trust level. Like right. I could, I just don't care. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not getting the train run on you in the fucking ER break room, cool. <laughs> oh, talk, to, talk to him however. Oh. I don't care. You're coming home to me, right? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I don't even have to question that. The same thing. That's the same way I feel with, like, with recruiting is I don't really care who they talk to. You know, as long as as long as they're coming back home, that's great. And if they don't, they don't. But I'm not going to sit there and keep flipping out about it uh, just because they took a five minute phone call with somebody. Hey, Bummer. do you have kind of adjacent to this whole thing? Do you have any insight about why Greg Crippen decommitted from Notre Dame and then ultimately? Because Notre Dame didn't want him. They didn't want him. Yeah. Notre Dame they did not want fish to fry. Okay. They absolutely did not want him. Cripp- they stopped. Crippen is like the 222nd <laughs> ranked offensive guard. Or- yeah, he's the 222nd ranked uh, offensive or uh, overall player in the nation. The 11th ranked offensive guard, not even offensive lineman, just offensive guard. Word on the street. Everybody, this is a story that everybody knows, or a lot of people know. He showed up to a Notre Dame camp. They didn't like what, and this is after he committed. They didn't like what they saw from either effort or technical, whatever it was. They didn't like what they saw. They were ready to move on. To it save was social face, distancing before it was cool. To save face. <laughs> This, to help him save face, this is kind of how this happened. It wasn't okay. like Notre Dame was going to pull the scholarship offer on him uh, sure. to embarrass the kid. <laughs> he did this. So, I mean, and it's a kind of a fuck you to Notre Dame in a way. A Florida kid decommitting from Notre Dame to go to Michigan. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. I mean yeah. okay, that he can do that. That's per- that, In fact, that's if I was him, that'd be something I'd be looking forward to do too. <laughs> Uh, but, but that it was, he was never, he hasn't been part of Notre Dame's recruiting plans for a long time. And you can tell from just the recruiting material that Notre Dame put out itself, uh, to the other recruits, like big three, uh, and you got Lyman, you got Blake Fisher, Rocco and Landon, and there's nowhere there's Greg Crippen involved and he's committed. Mm. So (laughs) this has been an ongoing thing and I'm not knocking the kid at all. 
I wasn't there at that camp. I didn't see what happens. Notre Dame could be making a huge mistake. I don't know. But this wasn't a thing where the kids decommitted because of something Notre Dame did. It's a decommitment because Notre Dame's allowing it to be called that because they moved on. Okay. And that's fine. I hope he, and I really do wish the kid success. I mean, he, I, I would hate, I, I have a problem with that kind of bullshit going on, but I'm glad Notre Dame, instead of just eating it, which I think in years past, that just would have been, you know, we say he wasn't a fit. Maybe it had nothing to do with the, on the field play. Maybe he just wasn't a fit in the locker room. And they figured that out that came like, man, this guy is just not for these guys, for these guys. Right. I would rather see it go happen this way. Then him come in and it'd be like a fucking Matt Carafel or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fair you enough. Matt I don't. Oh, from, from Creighton Durham high school in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, Michael, Michael, Floyd Michael Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Games yeah. yeah. He just, he just left school. He ended up transferring to Minnesota. Wasn't a, wasn't a locker room guy. Wasn't an RKG, well, right? You got to get those RKGs. Whatever acronym you want to give it, I guess that's valid. <laughs> Somewhat. So can we talk uh, a little bit about the thing that Kirk Herbstreet said that's got it, kind of gotten everybody in a panic? Uh, you mean so, Kirk Herbstreet jumped the gun? Uh, or late last week, he said he told TMZ, I think he told TMZ, I'd be shocked if we had NFL football this fall, if we have college football. I'd be so surprised if that happens. Just because what I, from what I understand, people that I listen to, you're 12 to 18 months away from a vaccine. I don't know how you let these guys go into locker rooms and let stadiums be filled up and how you can play ball. I just don't know how you could do it with the optics of it. And then I just want to add, I believe Brian Kelly was on Scott Van Pelt and said basically July he would, 1. He would need July 1, yeah. He would need something to be happening by July 1 for, the, for him to feel confident that they could pull off. Uh, August 29th and and wherever, whether it be Dublin or wherever, right? It was weird when he kept saying July 1 and not July 1st, right? Because he said it like four <laughs> times. It was very weird to me that he kept saying July 1. That's like when Mike Frank says 2016, uh, instead of 2016, he says 216. He's like, oh, he's a he's a 216 guy. He probably doesn't want to remember that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think... I, I don't think Kirk Street's wrong in, in voicing his opinion. Oh no, uh, no, no, I, don't no. Are, I don't. I don't blame Kirk for saying it. I'm just saying. Well, some people are that, does that make your panic level rise at all? No, Kirk Street. Oh my! Know. No, my panic level has been already there. I mean, that, yeah, it does, that doesn't do anything more to no, it. No, you wrote a I've, you wrote an article today about <laughs> what if Notre Dame didn't play this season. Yeah, real uh, who quick, should we wrote for? Real quick, you want to see who actually like has reading comprehension? It's pretty much nobody on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see the Facebook. I saw, I, was the, uh, I saw the Twitter reaction, and it was good. Oh, which was which is no big deal. Facebook, they were screaming like fake news at me all over. I mean, it got passed around everywhere. Uh, acting like I was saying that Notre Dame was a drop football. Like, are you? Can you not fucking read? Like literally read. And like, I gave a disclaimer like three times in the first like paragraph and a half, just to make sure people understood. We're just going to have some fun here. Oh my God, dude. It's a thought exercise. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, that's like the lady that, that, uh, heard, heard the name of a, of a medical drug, uh, said during a press conference and then went into their, uh, pantry and was like, 
Well, you know, this fish cleaner sounds sure a lot like what they said, close enough, and then just ate got some the fish same ingredient. Cleaner. There we go. It's like, uh, like uh, what's the old adage? Um, uh, Jimmy was a chemist and thought he was drinking H2O, but it was H2SO4. Jimmy is no mo. <laughs> I was just, I mean, people just were going crazy. Oh, like, not as long as I live. That's blasphemous. How the hell do you have Alabama in there? I mean, like, no, like nobody actually read the thing, which I absolutely was certain that nobody from Facebook was going to actually read it. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I, mean, well, I, read, it. This I read it. I read the damn thing. You, you understand everything there. Uh, but, uh, but so yes, let's not talk about it, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about no college football what, at all. You didn't let me do the transition. Oh, I apologize. That's absolutely the kind of reaction that goes on when people started talking about no season. Yeah. And it, if you just all you have to do is look back to like what when we it was getting talked about before they even announced about spring football. You know, fans were losing it like they can't do that. Look, this is a freaking public health pandemic crisis. There's no certainties here, and whatever they do to try to rein this in is fine. It sucks, yes. It absolutely is fucking awful if we lose a college football season. But uh, just if you would have just – maybe you're just venting. Maybe you're just so upset you got to vet. I get that. Uh, but, you know, I, I think people were like blasted Herb Street, like almost like him saying it was going to make it come true. You know what I mean? Like in their, in their minds. He doesn't know. But he's he not the only – no, he's not he's the only vocalizing one. Our, he's vocalizing our greatest fears as fans, right? right. Which is like and it's, that we don't want to think about this because it's it's like I, I, it's I'll be all ignoring. It's the biggest elephant in the room as yeah. far as this is concerned, and we're not like we're ignoring it, but we're just like, all right, bro, you're over there. I'm fine over here. Give, I'll talk to you in a couple of months. Kind of a thing. If people, if. I don't know. It's one of those things. I could definitely see this being a scenario where the season doesn't play out. I, but I can also because. Do you think see, they could do the thing where they they skip the non-conference and they, we just do conference games and we start the season in like say October? Where is Notre Dame scheduled? Brendan and, and I Dame's were talking about like, how sc- how scary is is uh, just playing conference games sound to you right now? Because yeah. Notre Dame's about not that. playing football, oh, or said. it's going to be we're finally going to make that trip to Provo. We got that return trip <laughs> to Provo lined up. <laughs> Looks like uh, Josh Looks said. Looks like uh, a spot just opened up on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, the if, LDS if Church. Notre Dame, uh, if Notre Dame caves and schedules Liberty, I'm done. I'm going to go blog about <laughs> Eastern Michigan. Well, that's the easiest way to get COVID, right? If you go, if you schedule yeah, Liberty, you can't, you can't, you can't do Liberty because they got the COVID, they got the they got the Corona. Although um, they'll probably have the antibodies by then, so maybe they'll be the safest play. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? You know? so. Like this. Yeah, Look, at I this think, point, I, I think we're talking about something that is, like right. Kelly said, July first, right? We don't, we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. Do you yeah, remember wanna, a month I, ago? I really want to see how May goes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, think, I just want to get. I think May. it's absolutely fair that Herb Street was vocalizing something that we've all let pass through our heads and said, no, 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 no wait, it can't be, it can't be that bad. But I, I got to be honest with you, when I think about quarantining myself and social distancing. And again, we only have 11 cases in our county. Uh, I don't live in a very big, you know, metropolis place or whatever. So like, it's not exactly right around me right now, but oh, at the sure same is. time, when I think about social distancing or self quarantine or staying indoors or, or taking preventative measures with the hand sanitizer or the six feet or whatever, 
I think about it in terms of the college football season. Me That's too. the one thing I really want. I want yeah. college football in, in, in August and September. So if that means that I've got to, I've got to, you know, uh, stay indoors in March and April, like I will make that sacrifice. I don't know that other people feel not that even, way. Not even 25, not even 25 days ago, the mayor of the largest city in the United States was telling people to go out to the theater and go to the movies and live it up and have a good time and don't worry about this. And that wasn't even a month ago. Yeah. So to make any sort of assertions as to what the landscape, for all I know that it's it's going to be Mad Max and Josh will evolve from being shirtless right now to having on a Which full, I absolutely am. A, a third a, nipple. A, a third nipple with with football pads and a hockey mask on. Listen, and having listen to me right his, now. One of, I his, will, one of his children will have gone feral and and learned how to use a boomerang. I would absolutely thrive in a post-apocalyptic world. I I would fucking thrive. I listen, would. Listen, when uh, we were doing pre-show notes, I was one of one of the topics was what what Notre Dame players and maybe we'll get to this later once things start devolving into this uh, uh, gas wars that we will have uh, with gyrocopters and snakes. Um, but what Notre Dame players would you include in your post-apocalyptic world? Who who would you have in there? And I'm 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 very interested to see if that's ever a topic. Uh, which direction yeah, we, we go? That will definitely be a topic, uh, probably within the coming weeks. <laughs> but I mean, it's much that we don't know. Like we know that as far as like athletics itself are concerned, but you know the Olympics getting postponed. Until next year, that's not a good sign for college football. Well, not a terrible uh, sign. That's a different. That's I, an entirely different timeline, though. Yeah, I was going to say the, the commenter. The commenter on our our section, because I I think I made an Olympics reference, and somebody was like, "You can't and compare it to the Olympics." And he was right, or she was right, saying like, "Look, there's qualifying meets and stuff like yeah. that. There's a lot of preparation goes into Olympics that doesn't go into the college right, football." But what I'm saying is like the scope of the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> a trillion dollar. People that are kind of like just passing this off as like the no way the NCAA is going to do this because of money, 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 money. And yes, I agree with you in so many ways. But at the same time, we just watched the Olympics postponing a year. I nothing's there's nothing that's not off limits here. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Absolutely. Now. absolutely. So this can absolutely happen. It is a different timeline than the Olympics. Uh, so, I mean, basically what's going to tell a tale is. Does baseball get started back up again in May? <clears throat> like, you know, think if they get things down to like we're able to like be around each other in June, and and none of this ha- and this is completely outside the conversation of if this thing spikes up again in the fall. That's an entirely different topic. But if they get this thing turned around where people are uh, we can be around each other in June, and there's things going on where we can take care of people that are infected and yada yada yada. Then yeah, but you know, May's the telltale month. Ju- yeah, July first, Brian Kelly's right. That's a that's an excellent date point. But you're gonna have to see what happens in May, which will affect June to get to July. Right. That's and maybe they two, just maybe that's and if they don't have a term, vaccine because it'll, it'll cycle back around. And one of the things is is maybe they play in front of empty stadiums and then it will be no different when Notre Dame plays in the Coliseum with their fire <laughs> play out at the end of the season, because it'll be empty anyway. So, uh, it you know, be I, that was, I, I, 
I was laughing. I got thinking this morning that I think a, a, an ongoing joke on the Rakes of Mallow podcast and probably on, and, and the Twitterverse was how they should lo- loosen the eligibility rules so that Trevor Lawrence could declare early for the NFL draft. Could you imagine if Notre Dame actually avoided Trevor Lawrence because of COVID-19, right? He like he gets to his his draft eligibility because we don't have a season. Um, oh, yeah. You know, nobody, nobody would have ever predicted that. I mean, I think we were all just making jokes about, oh, yeah, the NFL should – you know, a lot of it to get in the draft. Yeah. So, but there it is. Yeah. I don't, it's cra- laughing through the pain. I was, just I, to be clear. I, I want to watch Clemson and Notre Dame this year. I, I, don't, well, I don't, while I, you were, spe- while you were speaking, I, the, the, the first time this thought has come into my head, it was just right now. And that was the fact that, that, yeah, I, I get, I, I'm a credentialed member of the Notre Dame beat. And so just the thought of me being at these, at a game with no spectators, I, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I don't think I would be in the press box then. I think I would literally walk down into the stadium uh, with a laptop and just hang out there. Then. Sit in the uh, gold seats, sit in the gold seats, and be the first whether, Notre whether, Dame fan whether, in the gold seats to stand up on a third down. I, I want to give that look the first time to an usher when he's yeah. not let me get down to the field because it's instead of five minutes, it's five oh three. I'm gonna look at him like, bro. Come on. I'm EJ Holland. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I just, I, I, I just, like, I didn't think about that before. This chick is going to get weird. This is so insane. The time we're living in, um, never, never seen before. I mean, yeah. even the, you think, going through the great depression, going through world war two, uh, nine 11, I mean, all this stuff, this is totally different than all that stuff. It is so insane. Assassination. Yeah, absolutely. This is just, this is crazy. Uh, So to, to, to say anything with any kind of certainty, uh, you're just setting yourself up to be wrong. Uh, And that's fine. I mean, I say shit with certainty all the time, knowing damn well, probably in a week or so. (laughs) I'll admit it. It's fine. But I'm just saying, don't expect yourself to be right. (laughs) Uh, Cause who knows what's going to happen because it is, it's not just changes week by week. It changes hour by hour. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. It feels like it's been years. And it's just, it's funny to see the NFL sort of pretending, trying to pretend like, um, you know, uh, it's business as usual. Um, still on. We're still going to boat our players out to the middle of the no, so they're they're not do, no they're not doing that. They're not doing that. No spoiled bitches. Yeah, no. Uh, all they're they need like to do Zoom teleconferences. Just, just go NFL back to how, how you would draft your fantasy football team online. Don't be a punk, bro. Just, just get online and do your draft. We've been doing it for years. Yeah, except how do you make trades within the ten minute like you know time period or whatever? That's that's the right? It's all the phone. phone. They're yeah. still doing it on the phone. Yeah, yeah. They could show up to their local Buffalo Wild Wings and they'd be the only ones in there, uh, and and do their draft. No, they can't. I mean, they're gonna each person's gonna have to be like. <laughs> yeah, they're local Buffalo Wild Wings, so uh, Jerry the, Jones the, can't hear the guy standing six feet from him. Because another no, dude standing twelve feet from him. Well, it's probably for the better. But they'll be the, the only ones in, in there because they're, they're they're each each individual scout and uh, player personnel director will have their own table, and Jerry Jones will do like he does on a regular draft and just ignore them. <laughs> for sure. Hey, we're gonna take a uh, quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna turn this. Uh, 
we're going to go all Hollywood on everybody here when we come back. So uh, stay tuned. All right, y'all. So <clears throat> we're going to have to have a little fun, right? Before we get into this, did you oh, check in with Matt Brown? Did you check in with Matt Brown? Does he have COVID-19? Because he sounded he sounded real rough he on that. He said that he podcast. didn't, but I, it sounded like no, he did. He, it was a, he was there negative. was a 4% to 8% chance he had COVID-19, I think. There was a 4 to 8% chance, but he did test negative. Uh, okay. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, you go back and listen to, which is actually an excellent episode. Yep, um, it was good. I interviewed with, with my boss, Matt Brown, who is ridiculously knowledgeable about the the machine and the economics of college athletics and how that affects everybody. I mean, he's really, really good about all that has a great newsletter. I'll pimp it again. It's called extra points. Um, it's excellent, but he's also the creator of one of the worst memes, uh, in recent Notre Dame history. And that was, uh, the Notre Dame is four and eight in 2016 meme. Uh, so it brought him on for, uh, to, to cast his, his somewhat, uh, <laughs> apology, uh, but just coughing up a storm, uh, man, he couldn't help himself. So, but I really appreciated him coming on. But <laughs> yeah, there there was a few coughs in there. Just a few. That's all right. Uh, but no, I, if you haven't listened to that podcast, definitely go back and listen. There's there's some great information uh, in there, and most of that is stuff that's in his in his newsletter. Um, it, it's it's good good stuff to know, and it it really it sets it for times like this, uh, all this uncertainty. That kind of knowledge helps you form, you know, better opinions about what can and will happen. And even after all this is said and done, the amount of money that's out the window because of March Madness and all this other stuff, the effects of the spring scholarships being extended, all that stuff gets talked about in length in these in these newsletters. You have a better, you have more information to form your own opinions about. So it's it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. You know, did you? I, that just came out today. I, I do want to mention that. So spring sports are getting their extra year. Basically, it's like a, an extension on your five-year clock. Uh, winter sports was denied, which there's really not a really strong argument for winter sports to get it. It would have been nice for Notre Dame to get John Mooney back uh, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But but uh, uh, spring sports and. Hockey would have been nice, but I think most of those guys would have moved that we're going to move on. We're going to move on anyways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but the baseball team, and they also, uh, women's lacrosse team, number one ranked. Well, yeah. the big thing is there's roster numbers with baseball. It's the only spring sport where there's a set limit of roster numbers and that's getting thrown out, uh, because of the extension on this. So oh, how that affects us, that's going to affect us two years from now, more than now. You know what I mean? But, right. uh, but, Notre Dame baseball was having such a great start to their season, man. It, it's such a damn shame. First time uh, ranked we, in what five years? Yeah, I mean, Link Jarrett came. This is what we've been screaming about uh, to get uh, really? to get out of there. Bring in Link Jarrett, and the guys are playing ball. I mean, they were on the bus to go play Louisville, which would have been a huge series. Louisville is a major, major uh, college baseball team, and. Didn't get off the bus. Had to come back home. That's when all this stuff happened. But they had just went down to North Carolina and swept North Carolina. Look, it is not easy for a northern baseball team. Michigan's run last year in the College World Series was amazing because it's just not common for northern teams to do well in baseball. It's just not a big thing. Uh, so <clears throat> getting a good start to the season was key for Notre Dame 
you know, down the road because ACC is loaded with great baseball teams, Louisville, Miami, Florida state. These are good ACC and SEC kind of dominate in that, in that yeah. sense. Uh, although you know, like Texas and Arizona, yeah. there, there's good, Pac- everything's down South. Everything's down South. And even teams uh, like Coastal have, Carolina as well. I mean, the Carolinas just, yes, uh, the yes, coast. Yes. <clears throat> so I anyway, do. So that, that was a shame, but they, yeah, there's not going to be a set roster number now. Uh, or at least the roster number is going to change. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work, but uh, we're not going to have to worry about numbers pers- like like we thought maybe we're going to have to. But, you know, that that has its own effects as far as, you know, does a, a sophomore see pissed well, now thinking he had a spot and he has to wait another year. Well, that's the like thing that. is everybody gets an extra year, right? Not just seniors. Everybody. Yes. Everybody. Okay. Everybody that had that had a that was on the team gets an extra year. Like I said, it just extends your five year clock. But the roster expansion only exists for one year then. No, I think it goes through that time because it kind of has to. It goes through the whole five year period then. I believe so. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I read that wrong, but it would kind of have to, I would think, because you're still bringing in, you're still bringing in guys. So the next five years, it's going to be off. That's, that's, Insane, hell of an impact. It's going to change. Yeah. It's going to change recruiting, certainly. Yes, absolutely. It's gonna and it's gonna impact. Uh, Notre Dame's a program where this could have a good impact for. Perhaps. Uh, and this is one of the things we're definitely going to be interested in prior to commercial break. If there is a lost football season, this. Oh, is we already something. we already went to commercial break. Yeah, but well, no, no, no. Wait, after yeah, break. after commercial yeah. break. Oh. Yeah. But if if. This is something of of note because if there's a lost football season, this is going to be a, the, a ruling that will set precedence. So I'm interested. Yeah. But you were saying something more. Uh, you had something yeah. fun lined up. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's uh, let's get into the, this a little bit. So I mean, as you guys know, we're um, we're a little different, uh, which I think most of our listeners appreciate. And so we were going to do an entire show uh, with some just straight fun. But uh, but Mr. Barking at the clouds uh, in the sky, Jude, <laughs> uh, had to have some newsy stuff on there. And, and to his credit, we had a whole whole hour there of, uh, of good talk. But now we're going to get into something Brendan and I started reaching into. And that's right now. Everybody's like talking about what are you watching on Netflix? What are you watching? What are you watching? Because what the fuck else are we going to do? <laughs> if, if you're not doing anything, uh, there is a lot of binge watching going on. Uh, I don't know what Netflix stock is doing right now compared to everybody else's, but it should be pretty good. Tiger King uh, but, is the truth. <laughs> so we're I, I'd talking be about, about Tiger King for the next hour. I mean, we can make this a Tiger King podcast, but keep going. So we'll we, save it for the next one after Josh has got a chance to, to experience it. Off the rails. Yes, yes. Didn't you talk yes. Tiger King? Yeah, we'll, we'll, Josh, we'll do uh, or uh, we'll do uh, we'll do an off the rails tomorrow. I um, might working. I might be I might be the straightest Tiger King alive. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know if I'd ever pay. I think I if I really wanted someone dead, I don't think I'd pay. I don't know. I'm Sicilian. I guess ne- never mind. I'm not yeah, going to stop talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm done talking about it. Uh, <laughs> Apollon, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so we went to put we went to put together kind of a, a mo- our own movie cast 
uh, who would play uh, our Notre Dame players, coaches, kind of whatever. It was a pretty, pretty broad thing. Um, and so, uh, so put it to the guys, like who would you cast to play who? Uh, so Brendan, I'm going to start off with you. Explain to me your, your Notre Dame movie cast and what your flick is about. Well, um, I guess just so I don't, I, uh, I'm not sure if we want to, do we want to go back and forth with, with particular, with actors or do we want to, uh, just, just cast our movie straight up? Yeah, cast your movie. I mean, if there's some repeats, there's some repeats. Okay. This won't be like the draft. Uh, Greg will be happy that we're not in total competition with each other. So my movie is being directed by James Cameron. Um, and as such, this I've decided when, when I was looking at this particular venture that we were going to go into, uh, Jack Schwarbrick to me seems like a real James Cameron kind of kind of person. What's your favorite James Cameron movie? James Cameron makes a lot of money. Right. The Avatar movies, Titanic, um, not necessarily um, uh, the greatest, the greatest movies, but they make money, which if you look at Jack Schwarbrick, what has he done? He's revolutionized the Notre Dame football program. Um, James Cameron basically invented 3D and an entirely new uh, form of filming movies with the Avatar franchise. No, he did not. But okay, keep going. <laughs> well, modern day 3D. I mean, we're not talking about Jaws 3D or even Vincent Price uh, wax, uh, you know, uh, the Wax Museum movie uh, 3D. But as far as modern day 3D, Avatar brought it back. Uh, so it's being directed by one um, Jack Schwarbrick. Uh, the lead actor is Brian Kelly, played by Robert Downey Jr. And I found that to be pretty apt because Robert Downey Jr. got off to a hot start in his career. And they fell on some hard times, circa uh, much like Brian Kelly did in 2016. And a lot of people left Robert Downey Jr. after he spent his uh, prison sentence for debt. But he brought it back, baby. And he brought it back in a hurry, much like Brian Kelly did in 2017. Uh, so it's going to be starring Robert Downey Jr. And uh, who's going to be playing aside uh, Brian Kelly, this 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 Robert Downey Jr. charismatic character, but none other than Kyle Hamilton being played by Michael B. Jordan, uh, one of the hottest rising stars in Hollywood right now. Uh, you might know him from the um, Creed. Uh, Creed, playing Adonis Creed, the son of um, – Fruitvale Station. Uh, also, yep, yep. He also played uh, uh, Killmonger in Black Panther, but he got to start off as a little-known character known as uh, Vince Howard, Friday Night Lights. Um, and then just from there, he just he blew up. Um, second billing would be uh, Dalen Hayes. I casted him as Idris Elba, a actor who really got his start. He he was heralded early on in his career, much like Dalen was as a uh, five star by certain services. And Idris Elba was a five star actor by The Wire, but he seemingly fell off the map for a solid 14, 15 years, seemingly. Right. Uh, but Idris Elba has come back into the fold in a hurry and is one of Hollywood's uh, leading men and might even be a future James Bond. Who can say at this point? And then what uh, James Cameron movie is complete without Michael Bean? Uh, you might know him 
um, from the movie Aliens, Terminator, The Abyss. He was in Tombstone, which was a fantastic feature film, uh, as well as um, Ed Harris's side uh, Lackey in The Rock. Uh, and Michael Bean, Robert Hainsey, why I thought that they were pretty apt together is because Robert Hainsey is a player that's often forgotten a little bit on that offensive line. But just like Michael Bean, Robert Hainsey is a really fucking good offensive lineman. And he might not necessarily go down as a first round pick like a McGlinchey or a Nelson, but just like Michael Bean, Robert Hainsey is going to be is a fantastic player in his own right and probably will have a long career in the NFL. And that uh, and and sort of the theme for my movie was it was a revenge film directed by James Cameron in which uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character played by Brian Kelly uh, exacts his revenge on uh, the University of Clemson and leads Notre Dame to a national title and then rides off into the sunset, much like uh Robert Downey Jr. did in the latest Avengers movie. I totally forgot the part of the the story where Robert Downey Jr. went to jail. What was it? Was it a drug like thing? Back oh yeah, it was a drug thing. He, I think he passed out in somebody's yard. I think he he was he was on drugs and he was My like, God. he got a three year sentence and I think he was able to talk it down to something like a year. Uh, but yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, hell of he a career turn. Period. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. After Girl, uh, what was it? Girl Interrupted what was the, or uh, wasn't it? Yeah, Girl Interrupted was the last movie before he had his sort of drug break with the, the one with um, Angelina Jolie in the Insane Asylum. I think. Oh, really? I, think. I don't. Uh, was, I think so. Did he come back with Singing Detective? Uh, he right came back with Kiss, Kiss Bang Bang. I think was oh, the, yeah, the movie right. where he came back, and then he was Persona Non Grata and uh, John Farvera. Um, of Rudy fame offered him the role of Tony Stark and couldn't offer him a salary. And he was said, well, how about I get a percent of the box office for the, the, the time that I play uh, Tony Stark. And they were like, yeah, Marvel was like, sure, you can have a percent of the box office. And now Robert Downey Jr. is like the richest actor there ever was. Mm. <laughs> All right, cool. Jude, did you, did you do your homework? I did not complete the re- the uh, required assignment. I'm sorry. So I'm looking forward to uh, oh listening God. to yours. <clears throat> okay. So let me let me just let me just kind of set the mood real quick. So I am a uh, first of all, my director is Guy Ritchie, uh, who's just a. Uh, I know people have strong opinions against Guy Ritchie, but I think his films are fantastic. We're talking about like Snatch, Lockstock, Lockstock, and Lockstock. Uh, two Spoken Barrels. He also did uh, Sherlock Holmes, yeah. and he also uh, was the recent was the most recent movie I watched. I watched uh, Gentleman last night, uh, uh, <clears throat> kind of a recent flick with um, uh, really good. It's a Guy Ritchie movie, okay? Yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of an action, hyper stylized, real fun. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's the mood. That's the setting, right? So Guy Ritchie's directing this, and it's a story about the jeweled shillelagh. And it's kind of a the jeweled shillelagh goes goes missing. Uh, the, this is in a world where Notre Dame actually lost to USC, uh, but then the next year they won. I don't recall this. Uh, yeah, th- it's a made up world. It's, uh, it's a movie. Years. It's Hollywood. So <clears throat> it's kind of they're they're on this mission to search for it, and I have 
Um, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Oh, yeah. Hit, him and Jaden Smith. Uh, <laughs> Don, Glover is playing Tommy Tremble, and Jaden Smith is playing Braden Lindsay, 24 and 25. Yeah. Uh, and they are tasked by, um, by Jack Swarbrook, who is played by Alan Ford, who, if you're a fan of the movie Snatch, knows yeah. that he's fucking Bricktop. Yep. Uh, so if you can imagine these two wearing their jerseys uh, in Swarbrick's office, uh, which is Bricktop's office, and giving them instructions on uh, on what to do. Uh, and it, basically, it, it's kind of a kind of who done it. Uh, Brian Kelly is played by Brad Pitt. Oh, is he uh, is he a snatch character? He's got that uh no no no, no. Pikey, he, Pikey he, character. Brad Pitt is very. I think he's underrated as a character actor. Uh, people don't give him enough credit for being a character actor. Like he can really dive into a role. I think people think of him as a great actor, but they never really realize like how many different kinds of roles the guy plays. I think he could pull off a Brian Kelly. I mean, he could cut his beautiful Brad Pitt has beautiful hair. He could cut his beautiful hair uh, and, and get it all looking like. I think he could do a, a good Kelly. It's not a hard accent to do. Uh, it's it's a it's a neutered down Boston accent. Uh, Yoga felt Brian I, Kelly, not not fresh uh, fresh out of eating chili. Uh, I yes, guess chili not really pasta. Not really pulling really Brian Kelly. It's it's Yoga Brian Kelly. All right, so not Skyline Chili uh, Brian Kelly. You got Delvon Alexander, uh, who is played by Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Tommy Rees, who's played by Jake Johnson. If you don't know who Jake Johnson is, uh, I know he's from my girl or a new yeah, girl. He's Nick Miller. He's Nick Miller. Uh, then you got Jeff Quinn. Now I had pro I, at first I tried casting, uh, Kevin James to take on the, uh, the Jeff Quinn role. Uh, but as, as the story evolved, it needed a more aggressive raspy voice, kind of a, kind of a brute. And so reaching, reaching back into my guy, Richie, uh, saddle there. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Absolutely. There it is. Makes a a great Jeff Quinn. Oh, this is fantastic Uh, so far. And and then in a stroke of genius, uh, I was able to get Jared Leto for Ian book. That's a good get. You can absolutely make that old son of a bitch look like he just turned 22 years old. And so the storyline goes is that, is that there's this lost, uh, Oh, did I mention who uh, who's playing Clay Helton in this? Who's playing Carson Palmer, who's the last known man to have held the George Shillelagh, according to uh, Google? Uh, Carson Palmer as well, himself. I don't, I don't know. but oh, Carson Palmer as himself. Oh, per, oh introducing Carson Palmer as himself. Yeah, that's retired Carson I, Palmer. Yeah. I have James Wood playing Clay Helton because I think everybody hates James Wood. Uh, James just Woods, like yeah. – which is the opposite of like everybody likes Clay Helton, so there's a nice little mix there. Uh, and so yeah, it's just a, a, a countrywide uh, look for uh, the Jewel Chalele, which uh, James Wood yeah. has has masterminded uh, into a into a hiding spot. You have you don't see jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt for the uh, Ian Book role? Jared Leto, little JGL, little JGL. The first person I thought first, first person I thought of was Jared Leto. Like I just do it, smack a sticker on his face, uh, and cut his hair. Teardrop, yeah, yep, you can do it. Did you ever think about him? uh, Thirty seconds to Troy. Opening up uh, for Bruno Mars for just thirty seconds. Yeah, just for thirty seconds. (laughs) 
<laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> but, uh, joke, but it's a good one. Yes, yes, for thirty seconds. Um, <laughs> so, do, does Lindsay and Tremble end up coming back with uh, Juchalele? What happens in the end of this movie? What's uh, the climax well, like? What does the climax uh, look like? Unfortunately, Lindsay and Tremble are outwitted. And uh, but they just they end up on a boat uh, and the last scene of them is uh, hanging out in Bora Bora on the beach, just kind of like, fuck this. We're not going back. Uh, still wearing their 24 and 25 jerseys uh, on the beach. They got I mean, Clay Helton uh, duped them. You thought Clay Helton duped him, um, but at the very end of the movie, a shaved head. Drew White, played by um, Jason Statham, shows up at a bar. I don't know if you can. And he pulls out from a from his duffel bag. They have the de aging technology like the Irishman, right? And you can't have a Guy Ritchie movie without without Jason Statham. You cast Jared Leto, who is uh, forty-eight years old, as a twenty-two-year-old. But look, he's a fucking baby face. You can absolutely get away with that. I don't think you could do that with Statham. Statham Jared Leto still has his full head. Of, Jared Leto still has his full head of hair. St- Jason does not. And even if you shave it, as somebody who is balding myself, uh, you can still see exactly where that bald spot is. How do you feel about Thomas Ian Nicholas as Ian Buck? Uh, the kid from Rookie of the Year in the American Pie movies? Oh, yeah, I love that kid. Uh, no, I mean, it's you might be a little bit shorter, perhaps by a few inches. Um, Too much. But I could actually absolutely see it if, if we were getting him, him from movie. American Pike. I've seen him in a movie with a sword. Uh, you have seen he, him in a movie with a sword. That is an absolute falsity because he was in the kid King Arthur's court where he did, in fact, have a sword <laughs> in that movie when he was able to defeat Whoa. the bad guy with a Guess uh, what? I did not see that blazer. movie. Oh, Watch whom you bathe, Washerwoman. No, that movie's fantastic. Put it so on that, your doc. That, that's what I got. I, I think, you know, it, it's a, it's a classic Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, action. Uh, you're gonna have some comedy. I, I love the, uh, I, I, in my mind, I love the back and forth between uh, Del Alexander and uh, and Tommy Reese, uh, Dave Chappelle and Jake Johnson. Uh, kind of a Brian Kelly as kind of like the figurehead who, who doesn't know anything. Like it's, it's kind of always passing before his eyes and it, for the first time, even though it's all shit he should know. Uh, so I don't know. Well, I will be tuning in to watch this uh, particular feature on BBC America in 2022 when it uh, makes it there. That's going to be on Acorn TV. This yellow post-it note that I have, uh, I, I should fucking frame this. That's gorgeous. I can't dude, I can't believe you didn't come up with anybody. You know what I, I would I wanted to use uh I wanted to put Liam Eikenberg in this. Uh but the only person that came up in my head was Chris Hemsworth. And Liam Eikenberg is like fucking twice the size of Hemsworth. So there's yeah. no or Hemsworth, whatever the fuck. I can't he's twice the size of Thor. So how do you cast how can you cast that? Uh, you cast him as the mountain, basically I mean, the mountain. You're, you're from, casting Carson Palmer as right? himself. Do you cast Eikenberg as himself? I don't know. That's a tough one. 
<laughs> I hope everybody knows that this is just only get the start of where we are going over the next four months. That's what you're here for, right? I, I, I'm pretty sure that's why everybody's tuning in. I'm just very disappointed, and I'm sure friend of the pod Greg's disappointed that you were unable to find in your uh, Guy Ritchie movie to find the, uh, a charismatic role for one uh, Kyle Hamilton. Uh, sadly, um, was left out of your movie. You can't. There, there's, there's an actor. Like, there's no women in this, this there's film. There's an actor I, by the name of Michael. There's an actor by the name of Michael Ely that I was going to use uh, for Kyle Hamilton. But I'm pretty sure Hamilton's got like six inches on Ely, probably more. And it's just that's a hard sell. All right, Jude, to your point, <laughs> um, casting director uh, uh, Eric Hansen has let me know that I need to cast a woman in, in this film. And I'm going to cast Carter Carls as the, role <laughs> of the female love interest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, played by Gwen Stefani is I guess I guess who I'm going to go with is uh, some sort of diva, diva female seminary because I don't think Kelly Clarkson can act but Gwen Stefani has been in, in feature films and has been, He's been in movies uh, yeah Miley Cyrus we could, yeah yeah we'll say uh, uh, Carter Carls played by Miley Cyrus is the that's, uh, a, uh, that's a headache on the lot to have Miley Cyrus uh, she's cleaned it up. That. She's cleaned it up a little bit. She was in uh, Black Mirror, so I think I think we're back back on the track for for Miley. She's uh, Billy Ray's Billy Ray's making music again. Uh, Miley is uh, back on the wagon, so I think we're good. Are there? Any I would women just, in I would really film, like Josh? to see. Ja- I would really like to see Jack Swerver go full brick top, like full on brick top, like pulling people in talking about Nemesis. What were you asking me, Jude? I, is there any women in your film, or are there any women in your film? It's Carter Carls again. Uh, once again, Carter Carls is uh, standing in as the the only one in there. Uh, this wouldn't be this wouldn't be so hard, but but I just went straight off like twenty minutes before we got on there here to get my people, and I was just going players and coaches thinking about, and then like the Swarbrick and Clay Helton things get the, the plot line just came together quick. Uh, no, but I, you know, I think like, um, uh, can't get that uh, Katie like, Myers involved. I mean, I mean, we already did Carson Palmer plays himself, but I wouldn't mind like doing like, uh, Jessica and Charlotte playing themselves. Oh yeah. Like, just go. like, like they, they just kept showing up at places like together, uh, like getting a hot dog at a, at a gas station, getting a hot dog at the Coliseum kind of things like, <laughs> kind of things like that. I think that would be, uh, be kind of you make that into a character situation. Um, just a, a series of of short there's just, videos. There's not, there's not, there's not enough women writers on the beat. What's that? I said just a short a series of weird uh, vignettes of uh, Jessica cracking eggs. Like whenever you have a scene that ends, Jessica's just sitting in the background cracking an egg. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> More yolk. <laughs> yolk spilling everywhere. Yeah, you know, it could be like, uh, like it's the, a messy movie. It's a writing movie. Well, you could you could kind of match it up the same way you got uh, uh, Tremble and um, and uh, Lindsay, like kind of like they're like crisscrossing with Charlotte and Jessica, like there you go on the path there. They're they're on they're searching for the Jules Shalali too, but for different reasons. Uh, so 
Yeah, yeah was, the basis is solid here. Weirdly, we, I mean, the, could, the Jess and Charlotte are not played by themselves, but by the Olsen twins. That's crazy. That's real crazy. Yeah. Uh, is that is that pre? Okay. It's, it's <laughs> one of them cracked out pretty badly. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know about me. Is I've seen I think all of the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movies. Even the one where they put the 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 chicken wing and or the chicken drumstick inside the the jazz singer's uh, thing instead of the tip. Do you remember that one? Uh, I'm I don't know maybe. Yeah. Is that uh, New York Minute with uh, Eugene Levy? It sure is. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> 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 All right, I think uh, I think we've gone far enough. So uh, let, let's uh, let's let's do some uh, some last shots, some party shots here, Jude. Since you didn't have a movie, I am forcing you to give us a uh, to to spread some wisdom here. Okay. Um, the uh, guys who did uh, Podward Notre Dame, Tony Simeone and uh, John Cotton, are back. They're doing uh, Radio Free Irish. And they've got two um, shows that they're they're doing. And uh, the first one, the first episode dropped today of one called, Un- I believe it's called Unfinished. And it's got two ladies from the women's lacrosse team, Andy Aldave, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna blank on the second one. But uh, I'm looking forward to listening to it. I haven't listened to it yet. But um, if you if you uh, want to hear a bunch of spring athletes talk about how COVID nineteen affected. Uh, their seasons and, and what, you know, kind of impact that's had on them, uh, professionally and personally, uh, it's probably worth checking out. And the second podcast is going to be, uh, reliving uh, Notre Dame classic games. So I, I think they're going to have people on who were involved in those games and have them talk about the games themselves. And I'm actually really excited about that one because that's kind of a germ of an idea. It's kind of adjacent to an idea that I pitched a long time ago of a podcast that I wanted to do with uh, John Heisler back when he used to work at uh, Notre Dame, uh, where we talked about classic games and we kind of used John's reservoir of uh, arcane Notre Dame knowledge to kind of set the, the table and have people relive kind of like what this the scene was like back then. So I'm looking forward to listening to both of those podcasts. So the so check out, uh, I think it's Radio Free Irish. It's the old Jack Swarbrick show feed because the Jack Swarbrick show doesn't exist anymore. So if you just search on your favorite streaming service like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this podcast, you should find it. And uh, I hope it's good. All right. And Brendan, you got anything for us? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I have for us uh, exiting out here is um, please maintain your social distancing. I want to have a college football season. Um Go on walks. Don't forget to go on walks. A lot of people forget about that. Uh, you're allowed to go on walks. Do not turn the uh, COVID-19. Uh, literally, it shouldn't be like the freshman 15 where you gain 15 pounds uh, in your freshman year. Don't 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 let the COVID-19 uh, get you out of your your loop just because you're at Shit. home and working. <laughs> just because you're at home. Make sure you get out there. Take some walks. Uh, get out there. Enjoy the fresh air. Uh, maintain your six feet. Don't touch your face, please. For the sake of college football, don't do any of that, but, um, take care of yourself during this time. 
Um, ignore the World Health Organization, uh, however, and make sure that you self-lubricate in the evening. Um, <laughs> He's talking about alcohol, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, as, oh. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe both. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, just make sure you get out there, enjoy the, the fresh air. Uh, where you might get a little stir crazy going for a walk. It's nice. Take the kids out. It's better than having them scream at you all day at home. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely some, uh, that is words to live by. Uh, the last thing I got is just something I saw from, uh, Tyler James today and that's Gannett, which is the, the company that owns. What's that? It's called Gannett. Gannett. Uh, company, company that owns a bunch of newspapers throughout throughout uh one of those is the south bend tribune uh but they announced that they will be doing unpaid newsroom furloughs of one week per month during april may and june and those will be for journalists making more than thirty eight thousand dollars a year are subject to that uh so look thirty eight thousand dollars isn't a lot so imagine making 40,000 and then you lose it a week's pay, uh, unpaid. That's, that's no good. Um, but this is just, uh, you know, support your local paper. Uh, and Notre Dame's local paper is the South Bend Tribune. So you can do that, uh, by living in Texas, or uh, living in California by subscribing to ND Insider, uh, and by, you know, and go that route. Uh, if you're within the area, Snag a subscription to South Bend Tribune. It's a great paper uh, all the way around. Uh, but they need your support and help now to move forward in the future. Um, this is not this is not new. This is why I mean, this is why there's been a big union movement across uh, media lately uh, is because these big companies are just gobbling up uh, small media outlets and then they do what businesses do, man. They, they cut corners, they cut costs, uh, they cut people. And the last thing we need is less real and good journalism. We're fun and we have a great time and we have a lot of commentary, a lot of good insights for you, but we are not doing actual reporting 98.9% of the time. That's what these guys do. That's what, that's what you're, we're basing all this on. So whatever you can do to help support, uh, Papers like the South Bend Tribune and your local papers everywhere, I strongly urge you uh, to do what you can. Aye, aye. Well said. Well said. Look, look at Josh being the one to bring the the good the good word. I'm only a half of uh, I'm only a half of a fucking seven fifty of Woodford in. <laughs> hey, you make sure that you uh, you conserve that Woodford. My wife's gonna love me coming to bed tonight. So I think that's it, y'all. Uh, we, uh, I will have another OFD bookcast out this week. Uh, if something strikes me uh, as crazy, maybe we'll do another. We'll do it off the rails. I think uh, next OFD podcast we'll shoot. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Sunday next week. Um, I don't know. Uh, but uh, we're gonna def- deep dive on uh, Joe Exotic tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna deep dive on Joe Exotic. Uh, I'm okay. excited for the book club because uh, the last one was fire with Lou Holtz getting booed. Uh, so I'm excited I could not, for this I could one. not do a Lou Holtz accent. I I couldn't bring myself. I was to waiting it. for it because you, you. It had... was going to be so bad. It was going to sound like I was making fun of him more, like like making fun of like speech impediments. And I didn't want to go that route. I like, appreciate that, Josh. Like it was like I could do a Lou Holtz, 
but it would sound more like a I'm making fun of you rather than I'm just trying to sound like you. Uh, so yeah, I didn't go. I don't know if I didn't explain her at all about that. But I just did. I just was like, yeah, I'm just gonna go straight normal on this one, which was a shame because I really liked to do the Rockney voice. It was um, really good. I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to brush up on my Irish brogue uh, for Frank, uh, who I believe is uh, will be the next part uh, of the story there. Uh, oh yeah, we'll I'm, start follow- I'm following along. I'm uh, I'm excited. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that's an amazing story about Lou Holtz getting booed off the field. Because uh, he played I, for the tie. I mean, they yeah, they, I, I they, used, they love Era uh, for playing for the tie. He had to call but, a freaking press conference to yeah. explain himself that CNN picked up. That's how wow. big and huge this was. Uh, and what's, what's funny about all that is something that Jude mentioned. Or I don't know if he mentions it publicly or not, but to me, he certainly does. And that's that. Uh, a lot of the Lou Holtz era is whitewashed. People like to forget the bad shit that went on during that during that era. Oh yeah. And some of that is the fact that fans are the same assholes they are now. Uh, <laughs> so you know, booing. Correct. You know, hearing boos ring down inside Notre Dame Stadium is is a rough one. We talked about that maybe last week or maybe it was during. Yeah, with uh, you know Tommy about uh, about Purdue Tommy Reese. Yeah get booed, you know, in 2012 going in for Purdue, uh, which is sick and twisted and stupid. Uh, but the booze running down on Holtz. And this is, this is 1992 Lou Holtz. Four years removed from national title. Should have had one in 1989. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but, and there was, and I love that part in the book when it was talking about all the angry letters that were sent to Blue and Gold Illustrated. And that's just like, these are, these are, these people are still there. They just have the internet now. Like the message boards <laughs> are the angry letters. I just like everything that was explaining about that is just something straight out of the Brian Kelly era or the Charlie. White. it didn't matter which era it's all, all the right. same. Uh, so there's just an easier, faster method now with the internet, but like all these angry letters poured in the BGI <laughs> about how they should fire Lou Holtz because he tied Michigan. Uh, I just, it, it was crazy. Absolutely insane. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he could have, he could have done something different than run the ball. The first two plays with a minute and seven left. And I wanted to see what they had. I mean, didn't want to throw yeah. a pick twice, twice. He wanted to see yeah. that twice. So, but, uh, but regardless, yeah, it was a crazy time. I'm ha- I guess I read this book eight or nine times uh, in high school. Uh, it's first time in 30 years or, or not 30, but uh, 25 years or whatever that I've read it. Uh, and it's still as fascinating as the first time I read it, uh, cause kind of a reminder of some, of some stories that I had forgotten. Uh, so follow, you can follow along with me. It's, it's Notre Dame's greatest coaches. Uh, it's about Rockney, uh, Leahy era and Holtz. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with Moose Krause who helps write the book with, uh, Steven Singular. It, it, it's a fun one. It, it's absolutely a fun, a fun read. Um, and I just wanted to give that one last plug. So, With all that being said, shit, man, go Irish.